0: this is mover Scott from the imagination movers and you're listening to PF's tape recorder hello there I'm PF this is my tape recorder coming up Jim Norton discusses how being on a radio show can have a strange effect on your life
1: it's so popular people are very involved in your life. When they listen to it, you wind up confessing a
0: lot more things than you intended. We'll hear more from Jim Norton in just a little bit. Mitt Romney is going to Skype us, and PF's tape recorder is going to go back in time. But first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. Rick Santorum has bowed out of the run for the GOP nomination for President of the United States. Santorum fought a gallant campaign against a much better-funded Mitt Romney and says he would have left the race sooner, but that it was against his religious beliefs to withdraw. With Santorum out of the race, several conservative groups have said they will now embrace Mitt Romney, but not in a gay way, you know, just a little hug, a little side hug. Ozzie Guillen was suspended five games by the Miami Marlins, the team he manages, in advance of a news conference this week where he explained his explosive comments about Fidel Castro. Words that have set off protest in the middle of the community where the Marlins have built their new stadium, and among the fans, the team is trying to woo. I'm sorry that I hurt the community without any intention, Guillen said in Spanish, but I'm here to say I'm sorry. As a goodwill gesture, the Marlins are planning a Fidel Castro bobblehead voodoo doll night later this season. Three public school system employees, the two teachers and one administrative assistant, are Maryland's big winners of the Mega Millions lottery and will split more than $105 million after taxes. Boy, the rich get richer, huh? Democratic strategist Hillary Rosen sparked a bipartisan firestorm when she said Ann Romney has actually never worked a day in her life. Rosen didn't back down later in interviews on CNN as she tried to explain that the issue isn't about stay-at-home moms versus mothers who work outside of the home. She said Republicans who are criticizing her are trying to, quote, change the subject, unquote, from Mitt Romney's record. Ann Romney was quickly defended by stay-at-home moms, stay-at-home dads, high-profile Democrats, and all of her former nannies. A dog would be forbidden to ride in a driver's lap under a bill introduced in the Rhode Island General Assembly this week, the Providence Journal reports. If adopted nationwide, it would curtail GM's plans for the new doggy airbag system. A South Florida family of psychics accused of criminal fraud is arguing that its activities amount to spiritual healing and that it is protected by religious rights, the Sun-Sentinel newspaper reports. The nine members of the Fort Lauderdale family of Roma, or gypsies, were arrested in August on federal fraud conspiracy charges and accused of defrauding their clients of more than $40 million, said one of the members of the group. We should have seen this coming. Facebook has purchased Instagram for $1 billion. The move puzzles experts as Instagram hasn't even turned a profit yet or had brought in revenue of any kind. It is rumored now that Facebook will acquire a guy selling corn on the cob from a van at an abandoned gas station. A bill that encourages classroom debate over evolution will become law in Tennessee despite a veto campaign mounted by scientists and civil libertarians who say it will reopen a decades-old controversy over teaching creationism to the state's school children. The law follows similar legislation enacted last year that allows the teaching of gravity. North Korea's widely condemned rocket splintered into pieces over the Yellow Sea soon after takeoff on Friday, an embarrassing end to a launch that Pyongyang had infused with national pride during a week of high-level political meetings and celebrations. The launch is part of a larger celebration of the birth of the country's founder, Kim Jong-il. Kim Jong-il's grandson, Kim Jong-un, known to upper-level Communist Party members as Kim Jong-Skip, has lately claimed more titles in order to secure his power base. He is now president, prime minister, defense minister, and sole judge of North Korean Idol. And that's been Fake News with me. We had another interesting week in politics here in the United States, especially uh, in the run-up to the run for President of the United States. Uh, all kinds of things were going on, and... Oh, I'm sorry. I, I left the Skype on again. I I gotta remember to turn this thing off. I, I just want to grab this real quick. Uh, hello? Uh, PF, Mitt Romney calling, or should I say Skyping. How are you? Oh, hi, Governor Romney. I'm good. How have you been? If I were any happier, I'd be twins. Boy, that would come in handy, wouldn't it, PF? Uh, whenever people tried to trip me up about changing positions on an issue, I could just say, oh, that was my brother, Kit, who was for that. Uh, yeah, that would come in handy, I guess. Um, so you had a busy week this week, huh? Yes, I did, PF. Uh, I was busier than a one armed man at a huge merger and acquisitions contract signing. Uh, I hear you. Uh, I saw you spoke to the NRA on Friday. Uh, how did that go? Uh, terrific. In fact, Whoops, sorry about that. Uh, there's a little souvenir that they uh, gave me there at the NRA convention. Uh, I'll just set this down over here and, uh... <laughs> oh, sorry! You okay? Uh, thanks, yeah, just leave that tray there. Yeah, thanks. Uh, sorry, P.F. Uh, n- now, what were you saying? Uh, your speech to the NRA on Friday. Oh, yes, yes, it went very well. Uh, you see, P.F., not only do I like to fire people, I like to fire at people! Really? You do? No, but don't tell the NRA that. Okay, uh, secret safe with me. So, um, do you actually own a gun, Governor? Oh, no, no, PF, but, but I am familiar with the industry. Uh, I have several friends who own gun companies, uh, the shooting ranges, and convenience stores. I see. Um, oh, and Rick Santorum dropped out of the race, that, that was good news for your campaign. Absolutely. It's about time, too. I hate when I can't fire people. Uh, next best thing is when they quit. He put up a strong challenge, though, didn't he, Governor? Yes, he did, P.F., and I have no hard feelings towards Rick. He has some very strongly held beliefs that I plan to adopt. Well, as the situation calls for it, you know how it is. Yeah, yeah, I think we all do, Governor. Uh, So listen, this thing about your wife never having worked a day in her life, uh, that was something, huh? Even though she's raised five kids? A vicious attack by the Obama administration and the White House, P.F. Uh, well, they actually condemned it. In fact, Hillary Rosen, uh, the Democratic strategist who said that, she has actually no connection to the White House, and uh, several high-profile Democrats said she was simply wrong, and the president even said that there's no tougher job than being a mom. Well, that shows how little he knows about the private sector, P.F. Uh, the toughest job in the world is being head of a private equity firm. Okay, Governor. Well, uh, good luck this fall. It um, it sounds like you're going to need it. Uh, well, thanks, P.F. Uh, I must be off. Median jim norton is widely known as the third voice on the opening anthony radio program which can currently be heard on the sirius xm satellite radio network he's uh, been kind enough to join us here on pf tape recorder for today's big interview Okay, joining us on PST recorder, it's Jim Norton. You know him from the Open Anthony show, of course, as well as his stand-up appearances. Jim, how you doing?
1: I'm good. I apologize. Super shortly, I didn't. Uh, have a, a, a knock is going to come to my door because they delivering fruit to my room. So I don't want you to think I ordered it like they were supposed to bring it before and they. they okay, up, so. <laughs>
0: that's that's fine. Eating healthy, that's good.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to because I'm doing Weight Watchers and i a fat and uh I still can't get rid of my neck I like if I look at myself in a mirror uh from the wrong angle it's just, uh, I have like a gullet and it's really
0: revolting. <laughs> it's uh it is it is tough. I'm a skinny guy and i uh, I empathize right. I empathize with people that uh, because I love food and uh, I have no self-control either so um I'd be in a so you're just
1: def- lucky.
0: Yeah. Well, I have a, I've got a gut though. People think, "Oh, you don't." But if you look at me with, uh, like, if I go swimming or something like that, I look like one of those uh, little Bangladeshi kids with quasher core. And uh, it's- oh, okay, these
1: kids are
0: always hungry. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. That's that's not a pretty sight. Um, so, are you out on the road now, uh, touring, taking a little break from the show?
1: Yeah, I'm in. Uh, I'm in uh, D.C. actually right now. Okay. And- uh no break from the show, I'll only be off tomorrow. And I'm actually bummed that we're off I'm off radio because Ricky Gervais will be in tomorrow.
0: Oh he was uh, on uh, Radio One today. Oh he did he? Okay. Yeah with uh, with Greg James on and I, I missed it because I was at lunch. <laughs> but uh What's Radio One? Oh
1: that's a, a premiere BB- or something? The BBC. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Them them Brits sticking I together there.
1: What's
0: that? Them Brits sticking together over there.
1: Yeah, I, I do love him, too. I think he's a really, really funny dude.
0: So, um the the radio gig, that's worked out pretty well for you over the years, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been amazing. It's, uh, it's one of those things where uh, it's, it's like a soap opera. People get very involved in your life when they listen to it, and you wind up confessing a lot more things than you intended. So, uh, yeah, I love, love, love doing
0: radio. And uh, a lot of soap opera things kind of going on around it. Of course, there've been various controversies over the years, and shifting stations, and not being on stations, and being on satellite instead. And uh, uh, how has it affected uh, being on satellite? I mean, how is that? Did that really open up the show to be even crazier than it was when it was on terrestrial radio?
1: Well, I mean, it's not even language anymore. It's like people think that oh, we just want to drop f bombs, but it's it's, it's... Really uh, content I think there's so much content that you cannot talk about on regular radio um, you can't talk about race you can't talk about uh, anything that might be deemed defensive it's nice to have the freedom of satellite where we can kind of most of what we do is spend it attacking the way the media handles uh, uh, cases that are uh, special interest group sensitive and uh, it's kind of fun to be able to do that on regular radio and you'll be able to
0: so, the, the SiriusXM folks are pretty, uh, they pretty have no compunction at all about the Opie and Anthony show.
1: Uh, well, they have no what?
0: They have, they have no problems with the Opie and Anthony. I mean, they know what they're getting into when they when they brought in Opie and Anthony and, and indeed Howard Stern and, and, and uh, sure. you folks. Is there ever- Yeah, a- we
1: don't do anything crazy. I mean, it's just, yeah. you know, sometimes the language is harsh or the content is harsh, but there really is nothing disturbing about the show. I mean, uh, there's some, some language that wouldn't allow it to be done on regular radio, but aside from that, I mean, uh, you know, it, it's, I guess some people find it offensive, but it's kind of nice to be able to be offensive, if you wanted
0: to Now, how did you originally get involved in the show? Were you just, just from being a guest on the show, and they said, oh, we, we, we like your sensibility, and you kind of got folded into the mix that way?
1: Yeah, I was, uh, I was friends with Andrew Dice Clay. He was my, I was touring with him. And he uh, took me onto to Opie and Anthony at Opie liked me, and said, hey, come in more, because you live in New York. So I started to go in, and uh, slowly uh, just became a part of the show. And uh, it happened over a period of time, but uh, you know, it really is the most consistent thing I've done in my
0: career. Did you have an interest in broadcasting before that, or was your focus always on comedy?
1: None whatsoever. It was all stand-up. Okay. All, all stand-up. I never thought about it. Uh, I never desired to do it. I'm oh, sorry, I'm going to text you. And uh, I, you know, I uh, enjoy it. It's like one of my favorite things I've ever done, but I had no desire to do it
0: before. And were as far as getting into comedy, were you like always funny as a kid and people said, oh, you should be on stage? Or was it something where you watched comedians when you were little and said, yeah, I got to do that?
1: I was always a funny kid, and then uh, it's all I ever wanted to do. And uh, I, I kind of knew from the time I was really young that that was what I wanted. I didn't know if I actually would do it, but it's what I always wanted to
0: do. There's nothing else. It was just the mid Absolutely nothing. And do you find the radio show and the, the stand-up act kind of complement each other? That, you know, you maybe something happens on the radio that maybe you can expand on on stage later or vice versa? Something comes to you on stage and you think, hey, this would be a good thing, you know, to do on the radio show and kind of bring listeners in or, or whatever?
1: Absolutely. I mean, you, you do, um, you, know, you get an idea that like you start talking about something. You're like, hey, I could try that on stage. Sometimes it's hard, though, because on the radio, you have a long time to get to stuff. It's kind of like doing this. You know, we can just talk and be conversational. On stage, you have to get to it a little faster. Like nobody wants to hear some dumbbell meandering for 10 minutes on stage. You, it, it kind of it will open up some conceptual ideas, but you, you have to get to it much faster when you're doing it.
0: And when you're doing stand-up, how many dates do uh, you get to do a year? Because I know I see you touring around uh, quite a bit, but what, uh, how, how many weeks are you on the road, roughly?
1: Hard to say, because I am out uh, a lot. Like, recently, because I'm shooting a special coming up, I am uh, on the road every weekend, almost. Um, uh, yeah, I'm in Cincinnati next week, and then I go to Cleveland to shoot my, uh, my hour special. Oh, great. Uh, oh. Yeah, I've been on the road just kind of, just kind of warming up for that. I mean, that's that's the most of my time has been spent uh, during it warming up for the special. So, you know, I mean, I'm in the final stretch right now. I have uh, two weeks, and, and the materials already. I mean, There's really nothing that I need to um, except not just kind of run the set a couple more times on stage.
0: So, when folks see you in Cincinnati, that's going to be uh, like the, uh, the the probably the final uh, test flight before you go up to Cleveland.
1: Yeah, I mean, but again, I'll be doing little tweaks here and there, going in different order. Just to keep it fresh, you don't want to get boring and stiff. Like you start to autopilot after a while, and that sucks. Because then you hate every joke. You're like, oh, uh, my voice stinks. Oh, i like with this. So uh, recently at Caroline, I just kind of totally switched the order of my act, and Now it feels fresh again.
0: Okay. Uh, do you find because I know like uh, in you being based in you're based in New York currently still is that correct? I am, yeah. Okay. So I know in that scene, it's, you know, guys, and a lot of, uh, not a lot of guys, a couple of guys that are uh, went from Cincinnati to there, and now in the scene, you get on stage a lot more than you do if you were in Los Angeles, certainly. And uh, do you find that that kind of um, uh, capability allows you to bring up material faster, or is maybe going out to the Midwest or the South, give you a whole different perspective on a bit, or is it both?
1: Well, I mean, I I think that being from New York and going on stage there makes you funnier only because of the availability of stage time. There's so much, uh, so many clubs. In L.A., they only have a couple of clubs. Um, In places like Cincinnati, there's only a couple of places to work out. Yep. It's harder to get good when there's not nearly as many places to work out. Uh, The fact that you can go on so much in New York once you're in, you can go on a lot, which is really nice.
0: Uh, do you find that when you take some material out of New York and take it to another part of the country that maybe it does better than you expected or maybe not as good as you expected? Or do you kind of have a, a sense both. now of doing this for so long? Okay.
1: Uh, both answers. Sometimes it, a bit that I think is going it to just shit the bed does really well. And uh, other times I'll think I have a home run and it just does nothing but bomb.
0: Just drops down in the infield.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, God, so many times that happened. So many times, so. Uh, either, either way, there's really no way to tell other than to try it. But I work at a comedy cellar in New York pretty often, and that's not the easiest room because there's a lot of distractions and noise and people walking through. So if you can do really well there, chances are the materials going to work on the place.
0: So what kind of things are you talking about on stage these days? Uh, you know, you always kind of have some uh, kind of some edgy perspectives, I guess, on uh, sort of current events and maybe some social uh, happenings of the day.
1: Yeah, well I, mean, I talk about my own um, obviously dysfunctional relationship history and things like that. Um, of course, I've been talking about uh, this, this obsession with the policies that this dumb country has and uh, the, the the people crying about privacy invasions in America has really been annoying me. This obsession with airport security um, and yet we're a nosy culture. And of course that you know Jerry Sandusky, I uh, did huh. not speak on a Jerry Sandusky in Penn State. that's my favorite subject in 10 years.
0: almost writes itself. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean you'd be kind of
0: obligated, but kind of. Yep. Well, great. Sounds like things are going well for you. Um, yeah, things are good. All righty, man. Sounds good. Uh, okay, this will be in print in Cincinnati next week, and the podcast will actually drop uh, Sunday night if all goes well.
1: Oh, good.
0: Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks for taking the time to do this. I you like to do it like after the radio show and stuff like that. And uh, but. Uh, That's what, today. I was on the road. It was yeah. really fun talking to you. Man. I appreciate it. Great, man. All right. Thanks a lot, Jim. Okay, buddy. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. again to Jim Norton for joining us on PS Tape Recorder. Jim will be at the Funny Bone on the Levee in Cincinnati, Ohio, Thursday, April 19th through Saturday, April 21st. And for more of Jim's dates, you can go to his website. We'll have a link to that on the Podbean page, as always. Uh, but now it's on to a special segment here uh, we're gonna go back in time a little bit as I teased at the beginning of the podcast now as some of you may know some uh, regular listeners may know the name PF tape recorder is derived from the days I used to spend in my bedroom when I was oh 10 11 12 years old with a cassette tape recorder and a microphone and a record player and just kind of generally making my own uh, radio programs uh, that I had you know countdown programs of my favorite songs of the time uh, I did silly skits and everything and really the quality Quality hasn't improved much, as you can tell. But um, among the records I used to play, uh, you know, were, were contemporary hits of the day, but also uh, some obscure stuff. And uh, one obscure thing that I used to really enjoy uh, was by a gentleman from Cleveland named Crash Coffin. Now. Uh, crash I never actually got to meet but he was a friend of a friend of my dad's my dad was friends with a guy named Wayne Spence who uh, performed under the name CJ Spence and uh, he had kind of a minor area head called love is stronger than hate which is actually uh, worth about 10 or 15 bucks if you can find it on vinyl. Uh. But uh, more on that in a second. Uh, Wayne was friends with a gentleman named Crash who had made this album in 1974, uh, self-titled. And it had a, real, a, a, a diverse collection of songs on it and very reflective of Cleveland uh, for the early 1970s. And it uh, didn't sound odd that it was you know, all these styles mixed together. He made it sound very cohesive. You had everything from uh, a lot of blues rock. Uh, there was kind of some ubu esque kind of things on there, per Ubu and uh, Devo from Akron just starting out back then in the early 70s. And then there were some kind of silly songs, more along the lines of uh, what Weird Al would be doing uh, a couple of years further on, not parody song-wise, but more just kind of original polka-influenced silly songs, kind of like what you would hear maybe back in the mid-60s, uh, you know, one-eyed, flying, purple people-eater kind of songs. So uh, I enjoyed that album immensely, and I was just poking around on the internet, and lo and behold, I found out you can actually get Crash Coffin's original album. Now, there's two ways to get it. One way uh, I recommend, one way I do not. Uh, If you go to CD Baby, you can get uh, all the tracks either individually as MP3s, or you can order the whole album. And I recommend that because, uh, I guess a couple of years ago, Crash uh, recovered the Uh, Recordings, the master recordings of the album he'd made there, I believe in Cleveland and maybe also partially in Nashville, and uh, put it up on CD Baby. So when you buy it from CD Baby, you're actually, the money is going to him. Uh, If you buy it from Amazon or anywhere else, apparently another record company just kind of scooped up the masters uh, somewhere back a couple of years ago and just put out a bunch of CDs, which uh, crash sees no money from. So if you're gonna uh, get any of these investigated, go to CD Baby and check it out. Um, I kind of went over the songs and uh, remembered the album, and it's been years since I've heard any of these songs, and it was uh, hard deciding what song to play. But uh, I had to go with probably my favorite. It's 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 pretty silly it's uh, probably the silliest song on the record certainly not indicative of the other stuff that that's on the record but uh, it's it's very funny uh, it's very Cleveland it's very 1970s it's it's just a, a great song and it really actually still really holds up today uh, this song is called the Looney polka enjoy and the one
2: two three four <laughs> I got them.
0: Looney Polka by Crash Coffin, circa 1974. Again, you can go to CD Baby and find uh, that entire album. We'll have links on the Podbean page, as always, to all of the pertinent links regarding this episode of PF's tape recorder, including links to uh, Jim Norton. Find out more tour dates for him. And let me see what other sorts of business we have to take care of. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, of course. Follow me on Twitter at PF66. Uh, PF Tape Recorder logo designed by Dan Koble. Follow him at Tiger Dactyl on Twitter. Uh, music for PF's Tape Recorder was composed by John Veropoulos, with a little help from me. Performed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor, with a little help from me. And produced by Doug O'Connor, by the way. Okay, I guess that's the only order of business I have left, except to say so long and thanks for listening.